You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. CD. I'm with Chirp Radio, and I'm here with Martin Dosh. How's it going, Martin? Um, it's going pretty good. You know, it's getting cold. I got to play a show tomorrow. It's going to be like 44 degrees outside, so I'm kind of wondering if my fingers will uh, freeze up. But you know, we'll see. What has it been like performing during a pandemic? Um, I mean, I guess pretty pretty weird. I mean, just the sort of not being able to hug people or just. I don't know. It, it's it's weird for sure. You know, being like a few blocks from the George Floyd Memorial and like living here in, in this neighborhood, but like is like the center of the universe at some point, you know, now. And having gone to the protests and going down there quite a bit, it's, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. I mean, it, it's sort of like, it's all about mitigating, like, because, you know, obviously like any t- anytime you're out with other people, the, the possibility of like, getting sick there are certain things that seem like they're worth more to risk it than other things it's a weird needle to thread i guess yeah (laughs) weird i think is the best way to describe it right now i was going to ask about george floyd since as you mentioned minneapolis kind of felt like the center of the world for a month or two there you mentioned that you were a couple blocks away from the memorial what has that been like Um, it's been pretty insane. I mean, like the, so the morning or murder by the MPD, I didn't watch it, but I saw like the first, you know, 30 seconds of the video on Facebook. So Cup Foods is like a spot that I usually go to buy just, it's like a bodega that's basically like two blocks from my house. So if I need something, I would go there sometimes. Um, it's right across from the nearest gas station in my house too. So filling up the car or whatever. Um, and so I went down there. I don't even know what time it was, but it was basically um, that same day and the, they made, made the call for the march and stuff like that. And then just like people were just pouring in there. It was just like, and then since then, the memorials just sort of grown and grown and just the just the vibe there is, is pretty great. Yeah, I went to the memorial um, in August and I don't think I've ever experienced a recent piece of history before. And it was very powerful. I, I certainly haven't. Yeah. Except for nine, not after nine 11, I was, I was out there 10 days after that. And that was the only thing I really can compare it to like how it feels to be there. Cause it, yeah, it's like a, it's like an art museum, but it's also sort of like a, uh, a community. art. Yeah. Museum. It's like a living. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's like a living, breathing thing, but in just like the, the people that come out every night and just like, get rid of the dead flowers and just like tidy up uh, for the next day. It's just all community-based stuff. Everybody should go there. So during quarantine, you've been a voracious live streamer. You've been doing these quarantine sessions from your basement. 
over time, it's kind of evolved to utilize poetry and lectures and speeches and short stories mixed in, uh, sometimes even timely ones, like when uh, John Lewis died, Necessary Trouble was in there. How did this format come about? I mean, I, I originally did some phone calls and stuff like that and talked to people, but uh, my friend um, James Best, or Brandon Best, uh, from Anticon, um, who lives in L.A., he's a professor at USC, who's like one of the founders of Anticon, but he's been a really good friend of mine for you know 20 years or so. He watched some of the earlier ones and was kind of really liked the sort of format of like the freewheeling nature of just hitting record and doing a stream and just me making stuff up. You know, you should try to get some words in there and like you would pitch it to different poets and different, I'd be getting ready to like go live and like waiting for him to send me an email with like a YouTube link of, of someone reading a poem and he would write an intro. So pretty much Brandon that helped me sort of get that uh side of it in there like the spoken word stuff and then sometimes he wouldn't be around and then i would just like oh tonight i'm you know john lewis died okay i'm gonna just do john lewis and i would spend time finding his lectures and his speeches and stuff and just chop them in there have you been enjoying it it seems like you have oh definitely i mean i had it was like the first 50 i did like i think 38 or 40 days in a row. And then after that, I sort of stopped and uh, took a few weeks off and just like have been doing this more, more sporadically. But the setup with my basement and with all the gear that I have and stuff, it's and with this new little uh, device that I can just run a stereo line and, and record it. And it doesn't sound that bad, actually. Sometimes Facebook is a little bit uh like the streaming quality isn't very good like our neighborhood the the wi-fi is not the best um it's more just like a, a document sort of too for um other creative young people to just see what's possible with just improvising and just long form kind of just mental gymnastics or whatever what, whatever it is you know I, I, I don't even know what i do so you know <laughs> i will say you do look like a synthesizer mad scientist with the way that everything's arranged around you in your basement. Yeah, it's not, but yeah, it's, it's not effective. even intentional either. It's just that's just like the nature of my my basement is such a mess, you know. So and it's just I'm always trying to figure out how to get new stuff in there and how to make it work. How have you been staying busy during quarantine? Like, are there any other um, artistic hobbies you've picked up or have been exploring? Or uh, I know you're doing organized masked jam sessions in your backyard. Yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, I've been working on uh, a lot of new Dash music. So like new new records and stuff that's going to come out. But it's all music based, you know. But I'm basically like a house husband. So like my wife, since quarantine hit, um, she's been working full time and I'm here, uh, with my teenage son. So just trying to keep him on task with school and, um, cleaning the house, making, making food. I'm like, I'm like a house husband. That's what I do. And then at night I make music. So and work on 
recording and the new record and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Summertime Time was released in late August, and that was your first release in seven years after um, Milk Money. Yep. Why now and why the format where it's a single with remixes by your friends? Um, Because I really wanted to release, I mean, I guess basically like that tune was part of or what's going to be the next record. I've known the name of the song was Summertime Time for a super long time, like for probably like two or three years. I was like, that's the name of the song. After all the, you know, after George Floyd is murdered and just the sort of vibe in our in our city, I just felt like I had to release it like at that time. It's a really like joyful song. And like, I think that we have to remember that joy is very important. And just, I don't know, my, my, this is another addendum to that but like my friend Lacey mcbride um has been working at working on a video for it and she's a videographer cinematographer from minneapolis who i've known for a very very long time um and she was very involved in all the protests and uh sort of documenting them and so she has all these like just incredible um video footage of all the that was going down like within the first week after George Floyd was murdered. And so she made a video and it's sort of, it's getting late now. It's like, it's like October. So it's, you know, the video is not out yet. It'll make more sense as to why I had to release that tune like this year. Like I couldn't wait till next year. Part of it has a friend of hers dancing um, in front of the Kmart on Lake and uh, Nicolet in front of the mural. There's like a mural that has a, uh, it's like George Floyd and uh, Dred Scott. There's this animation that happens in it. And like the, the footage stuff is sort of intercut. So it's not, I think it works. There's some footage also of me and my friends Truth Maze and Umar Malik playing percussion down on George Floyd Square. It's hard to, because it's not, I'm not trying to make any money off of it really. It's just, I, I just want to share the the moment and what it felt like. And then the fact that you, you can extract happiness or like positivity from something that seems so traumatic, you know? Yeah, and I was going to say that seems very emblematic of our times. The world is seemingly crashing down around us and you have to just really hold on to those small moments of um, normalcy and uh, spending time with your community. Yeah, solidarity and yeah. And you mentioned that you're working on another release. Is that slated for this year or next year? Um, for right now, it's looking like it's going to be out probably late March, early April. And there's this new label called Max Min, and they're going to release it. It's it's pretty jazzy, so I, I don't. It's not going to be like top of the pops type of situation, you know. <laughs> but I think that I think that I think that people will dig it uh, in the same way, like a lot of the stuff, international anthem stuff, you know, like McKay McRaven and Jeff Parker, and like just that kind of Chicago, the sort of the new jazz stuff that's coming out it's sort of in that category of sort of like processed jazz or like chopped up jazz but it still it still sounds really just dashy and and uh sort of uncategorizable i don't know yeah that sounds that sounds about right was most of or the bulk of the music for this new release recorded this year uh yeah so i i I recorded most of this uh like all the basic structures of it i guess probably like in maybe February or March of this year, I started reaching out and getting other people on it. And so people would either send me files. And before the pandemic hit, I had friends come over and record stuff here too. 
you know, Mike Lewis and um, uh, Chris Thompson actually did quite a bit of sax on it. Jake Baldwin. It's all the usual suspects. Andrew Bird played on a couple or played on one super long tune. Uh, Mark Erickson. And then I got uh, Jeff Parker from Tortoise played on a couple tunes. It's so cool. So, and then I have other other drummers on it as well as me. But yeah, so it's a, it's a very expansive sort of large ensemble sounding record. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I really appreciate your time and everything you shared with me. I'm Jesse D with Chirp Radio, and thank you so much, Martin. Not a problem. Talk to you soon. You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.